Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you are our God. Thank you there's no one else. Thank you that we don't worship a God that we have to understand. We worship a God who comp makes himself comprehensible. He gives us his spirit to explain himself to us. He gives us his presence so that we may feel him when we don't get him. We, he gives us his promises so that we can be assured. He gives us his voice so that we never feel alone. There's nobody like you. I love you, Jesus. So it's your time to speak, oh God. Talk to people. Wherever we're at, talk to us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Like I said, we're doing a 10-part series, and this is part three. Not a 10-part series, a five-part series. And this is uh, part three, five weeks uh, into it. Daring faith, keys to miracle. Today we're talking about waiting on God. The toughest thing ever in the Christian life. Waiting on God. Waiting on a career is hard enough. Waiting on results is hard enough. But waiting on God, it's almost like God teases us at that moment. It's almost like he takes our trip. And it's, it's hard. And I want to talk about that this morning. Technology has sped up our life to the point where everything is immediate. So actually technology has made us a little impatient. We want everything and everything now. We want it immediately. So our inability to wait, our inability to wait has actually set us off on a very dangerous path where we are now not wanting to wait for anything to change, anything to show up, anything to be delivered. We want it now, we want it tomorrow, we want it this morning, we want it today, we want it immediately. Within two hours, 90 minutes, express delivery. And it has caused so many problems in our life because not everybody is going to run around in circles for you and for me. One of the biggest reasons or biggest damages because we can't wait is debt. Many of us are in debt because we couldn't wait. We couldn't save up for what we wanted to buy. And we went ahead and bought it on credit. We went ahead and bought it on a loan, on EMI. And we've got into serious debt. And then we took a loan to pay off the loan. And we got into serious debt. Oftentimes divorce is a reason why you can't wait long enough for change or for cure or for intervention. Some of us get involved in a horrible lifestyle. Some of us can't wait for relationships. Our social problems, even diseases today, are because we cannot wait. We want gratification, immediate gratification. You can't wait for marriage to have sexual intercourse or to have sexual intimacy. Because you can't wait, you get yourself into so much trouble. I want, I want now, I want now. And now you've got a broken heart. You've got a broken heart. Have you ever been in a hurry and God is not? How irritating is that? When you've been in a hurry but God is not. That's the most frustrating thing. When you are in God's waiting room. When you are in God's, and God's waiting room is the biggest waiting room ever. He has a lot of people in there. You can rush your kids in the morning, but you can't rush God. God will just not get on your schedule. Or schedule. Or timetable. Wherever you come from. Oh, that's frustrating. Some of you are waiting on God right now. Right now, at least 90% of you are waiting on God for something. You're in God's big waiting room. You're waiting for Him to open a door. Either a career door or a, or a promotion within your career. 
something, you're waiting for him to open a door. You've been praying about it. That's how you know you've been waiting. You're waiting for God to give you a job. Some of you are without a job right now. You're waiting on God for an answered prayer. For some clarification. You're a little confused. You're waiting on God for some clarification. Some clarity in a particular area of your life. Some of you need some new direction. You're just so sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're being, I mean, stuck in the same rut. You need, you need a change. Get me out of here, God. I need a change. Some of you are waiting for God to remove the pain. The pain has been so long. The pain has been so deep. Some of you are waiting for God to remove the pain. And he's just not removing the pain. Some of you are waiting for God to heal a relationship. Some of you are waiting on God to heal a relationship. And your relationship has gone for 20 years, 25 years. And it's like hell going home. It's like hell going home. My dear friend, there is a delay. And God's not coming through for you. But no is not not yet. And not yet is not no. Why does God delay things? When clearly God can answer a prayer and, can God, and God can answer a prayer instantly. Do you believe that? Do you believe God can answer a prayer instantly? That faith, that belief is tested on a daily basis when he doesn't answer things uh, immediately. If God could answer every prayer and if God did answer every prayer of yours, you'd be pretty much an arrogant brat. I would be. I would be. I'd be an arrogant brat if God gave me everything I wanted. Everything I ever asked for. But God sometimes has to work on you before he can work on the solution. You've got your eye on the problem. God, God, God's got his eye on you. You've got the, an eye on what you're going to get. God's got his eye on who you are becoming. Who you're becoming is far more valuable to God than what you are getting. Who you're becoming is eternal. What you're getting is for 70 years tops. And whatever you want is probably for the next five years. I want a new this or I want a new that. I want a new relationship or whatever it is. It's for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. What God wants is for eternity. So God's ready to wait. You don't have the time to wait. Every day you look in the mirror, you're getting older and older. You don't have the time. You want it now. Life is short. You want to enjoy it now. I want to ask you two questions. Look at this passage of scripture. It's on your screen. God does everything just right and on time. God does everything just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what he is doing. People can't understand what God is doing. God does everything just right and on time. Here's my two questions. What do I need to remember when I'm in God's waiting room? And what do I need to do while I'm waiting on God? And I want to touch home today and I hope it really gets through to you. I hope you're able to take something really practical and helpful back home today. What do I need to remember when I'm in God's waiting room? And what do I need to do when I, this is part of the daring faith journey? Because waiting is as much faith as taking initiative. Waiting is as much faith as taking initiative. I went to Kerala to, uh, to, for a holiday many, many, many years ago. And I had this very interesting uh, incident happen to me. Oh, I, I was watching it. Early in the morning, all the fishermen go out to fish because that's how the two words go together. 
And then they went out and they took the boats and they did a massive circle. And I was sitting on my, on my balcony and we were on the, on the waterfront. We were watching that entire thing happen. I, was, I had my you know, Kerala coffee and everything, the works. And we were watching this happen. And these guys, they, they were you know, doing that little circle and they kept dropping the net as they went around. So the net was all around in a massive, almost like a half a kilometer radius. And then on the two ends, this, this side of the rope and this side of the rope were back on the shore. And then you had about 20, 30 of these guys in, in mini skirts, pretty much, wraparounds or whatever you want to call them. I call them self, I call them, I don't know, cling wrap. Uh, and you had a whole bunch of them standing over there. And I thought, this is fun. This looks good, you know? And all of them looking strong, but just the skirt that, Anyway, so they had the whole, those one line there, one line there, and they were holding it, right? And they were muttering something in Malayalam, probably. It had to be Malayalam, it was Kerala. And as the wave came in, as the wave came in, they would pull, 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 pull. They would pull, 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 pull. And as the wave went back, they would just stand still. So more often than not, they were standing still. And I came into the story when they were standing still. And I said to myself, they lack leadership. I'm going to help them. And I said to myself, I said, I'm going to give them, shout out a little bit of encouragement, make them this. And they just stood. They were just standing there, holding a big rope, 20 on this side, 20 on that side, looking like some choir. And they were just standing there. And every now and then they'll pull, 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 and then they'll stop. I'm like, dude, you guys, you guys can do better than that. You guys can do better than that. And then it hit me. It dawned on me. When the water was coming in, they would push using the, the power of the water, tons and tons and thousands of tons of water. They would push, as the water was pushing, they would pull and they'd get all their fish, thousands of fish, all the fishermen together working on this. But when the water was pulling back, going back into the sea, the thousands and thousands metric tons of water going back into the sea, they just, they, they dug their feet into the sand and they just waited. And they held on. Then it occurred to me that it took more strength. It took more wisdom and understanding. More unity among themselves. And more diligence and faith to hold, hold on. To just hang on when all of that was pulling back. That took more than it took to pull the fish onto shore. Most often than not in life you're going to be waiting on God. And that waiting requires your feet to be buried into the sand. Your rope, your hands on the rope to be clenched tightly. Your brothers in the faith right near with you before and after. Holding on. More than half of life is just holding on. Hanging on, waiting. God looks like an incompetent employee. Not showing up at the right time when you, the boss, want it. But when you realize God's on a plan. God's on a schedule. He knows what he's doing. You need to remember these five things. Waiting is as, as much faith as taking initiative. Remember five things and do these few things as well. Number one, remember there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. Remember there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. You don't plant and harvest in the same season. You do it in a different season. There is a delay between plant sowing and reaping. Look at what the scripture says. It's on your screen. There is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to scatter and a time to gather. There is a season for everything. You are not 
going to pl- uh, you're not going to reap you're not going to harvest in the same season that you sow write this down if you if you got uh, space there so i reap in a different season than i sow i reap in a different season than i sow god is not a slot machine prayer is not working through a computer where you just click a button click input click download and boom there it is god is a person he's a bigger person and he wants a relationship and he wants you to work on his timeline and it gets beautiful when it operates on trust rather than testing do not test the lord trust him do not trust t- test the lord trust him testing god is often times not trusting except in the area of giving giving is the only area where god is saying test me and i'll show i'll come through for you number 2 write this down remember there's an unseen battle going on it's not just you and it's not about you there's an unseen battle going on there are people fighting over you there are angels and demons fighting over you it's a weird situation and in the book of daniel you get a little sneak preview just a sneak preview into this and you'll be like what is this real are you sure this is not some script of some movie that kind of may make this made its way into the bible remember there's an unseen battle going on there's a spiritual warfare going on in a realm that we do not understand you are in the physical realm you are in space time and matter there is so much more to creation than where you stand there is so much more to what is just you and your little world and your touchy feely little world no there's so much more there's so much more to the world of cash and money there's so much more to the world of love and forgiveness and the fact is you're caught right in the middle of it because god loves you and satan hates you because you look like jesus God loves you and Satan hates you because you look like Jesus. You are in the image of God and Jesus was the image given to us to see what he is like. He wants to mess you up. He just needs to screw up your mood. That's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to mess up your whole life. He just needs to put that ridiculous expression on your face. That's all he needs to do. first thing in the morning he needs to do something you need to get some text you need to get some conversation your daughter or your son or your your maid or someone has to do something just to get you that constipated look and then the whole day looks like this you know i'm telling the truth it affects everything people come out of their rooms family comes to breakfast they look at your face and all hell breaks loose it sets the whole tone satan doesn't even have to come against you with warring and you know no weapon formed no weapon needs to be formed against you <laughs> just they just need to tick you off that's it that's all it takes to ruin your day no that's not us we smarter than that we know there's an unseen battle we know when we're praying there's going to be an opposition we know when we're doing good there's going to be opposition we know when we're trying to obey god there's going to be opposition we know that when you're climbing up there is a force against you we know that ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says we are not struggling and fighting against people against the auto wala we're not struggling this says in the bible says we're not struggling and fighting against the maid against the against the people on the street and the the driver delhi drivers It says there in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 we're not struggling with delhi drivers but we're struggling against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realms rulers and authorities and powers of darkness now that's some third realm level 
and you say to yourself, I can barely walk straight on the earth and in the time space matter that I am in. In this continuum that I am in, I'm barely making it. Leave alone fighting people or situations or beings that are in another realm. God, I can't do it. Ah, now we're talking. God, I can't do it. Ah, now we're talking. Lord, I'm confused. Yes, now we're talking. Lord, I, can't. I don't know what. You're... Now you're talking. Now is when you start working with angels and working with the Holy Spirit and working with the promises of God, working with the power the, of the word of God, which is a sword, working with your faith as a shield. Now you're really into war. Now you know your enemy. Now you know it wasn't that guy who said that. It wasn't that text. It wasn't that email. It wasn't the situation. It wasn't the doorbell ringing at the wrong time. Now you're bigger than that. Now you're better than that. Now you're centered. Now you're connected. Now you're powerful. We are not struggling against or fighting against human beings, but against evil forces that are working against you. Satan throws darts when you're waiting on God. Satan throws darts when you're waiting on God. He knows how to get you. Because he knows your internet history. He knows the swipes on your phone, left to right. He knows your Instagram page and he knows every single one that follows you and that you follow. He knows. He doesn't know your thoughts because he's not God. He doesn't know and all of his minions, you know his minions, he doesn't know what's happening inside your head, in, inside your heart. He doesn't know. He doesn't have that privy. But he knows what you know. He knows what you study. He knows what you read. He knows what you watch because even Google knows that and Google tells him. You don't believe me. So he knows that you struggle with doubt and doubt cripples you. Or he knows that a half-naked woman will cripple you. Or he knows that just a cuter person on Instagram or a nicer situation or a simple post, he knows what's going to trigger you. And those are the darts. Those are the darts. And he'll hit you with the dart during the waiting room experience while you're in your waiting room. Satan throws darts, the darts of doubt, the darts of discouragement, the darts of disappointment, the darts of delay, the darts of depression. He knows your weakness. He's been watching your limp. He's been watching your limp. He's been watching the way you walk. He's been watching what you're... He's like a classic opponent. And he knows how to trip you. So we get this little sneak preview into this book of Daniel where Daniel has a vision and, uh, and he's prayed a massive prayer and the angel has brought an answer from heaven. He says, Daniel, God loves you deeply. God has heard your prayer since the very first day you humbled yourself. And I, the angel, have come in answer to your prayer. But here's the interesting part. He says, the evil angel prince, the prince of this kingdom, opposed and blocked me and there was a fight in the air over me for three weeks, for 21 days. And I was opposed in a spiritual battle. I was opposed in a spiritual battle over your prayer I was opposed in a spiritual battle over your prayer so Michael one of the archangels comes in and he fights with me fights for me because I had been blocked from coming to you with an answer now this doesn't apply to ordering pizza this doesn't apply to to, to, to your marks or your just the usual everything is not a spiritual warfare but when you're in the game and when you're obeying God and when you're on his timeline 
and you're working out his will and you're responding to him and you're trusting in his word, his promise and you're waiting on him. In that waiting period, you need to know it could be that there's a fight in the realm above you. And this is only one book in the Bible, one situation where you get this little sneak preview. But my friend, a delay is not a denial. When an answer to prayer is delayed, it doesn't mean it's not going to be answered. It means there's a lot more at stake than you think. There is a spiritual warfare. Write down number three. I remember God is preparing me for a blessing. I remember God is preparing me for a blessing. I want you to know one thing. God really is into you. He really wants something deep and meaningful and long-lasting for you. God wants you to have relationships and God wants you to have outcomes to your life that are eternal and blessed and joyful. God loves you so much that he's willing to put your will aside and act in his will. When God rewards you, he gives you what he wants. When God punishes you, he gives you what you want. Because what you want doesn't come close to what he has for you. Can you, I dare you, can you walk the earth and talk this way? God, if this door closed, I can't imagine the bigger door you have for me. Lord, if this disappointment happened, I can't imagine what you have in store for me. Instead, we act like a dead end. Instead, we act that our idea was the best idea could ever possibly happen. Instead, we act like whatever could was a possibility that was within our reach was the only thing. And we are at a dead end. We are at a wall. And this is it. God, you have ruined my life. You took him away. You didn't let that happen. You changed my life. You changed. And you cuss and you swear and you complain and you go numb and then you don't pray. And all that drama like a diva simply because you don't have the eyesight you don't have the perspective of what God could possibly give and you know <laughs> I've walked with God for several years and I find that God makes a solid fool of me because he loves me and because he knows I'm an idiot and this is only in my context because he loves me and he knows I'm an idiot he still gives me his best anyway and when he does give me his best, I feel like a royal jackass. Ask my wife, she's sitting right here. She'll tell you 24 years of me feeling like a jackass. I told her every single time it happened. Whenever there was a disappointment with her, whenever there was a disappointment with Gabriel, whenever there was a, and Gabriel's my son, by the way, whenever there's been a disappointment in my life, when we've seen trials, when we've seen breakthroughs, when we've seen difficult times, there have been times when I've grumbled, I have not reacted well, I have not acted in faith, and then God loved me so much, God loved me so much, that he still gave me his best anyway. And then when his best came, I'm like, dude, oh, how stupid am I? I? I could have saved all the grumbling, all the heartache, all the high BP. It is connected. I could have saved the ulcers in my stomach, the ulcers in my cheeks you know the one way you now can't answer because you were stressed because of the last answer you gave 
You know what I'm talking about? God is so gracious. And God will give you his very best. But you've got to understand that God is into you. God is into your life. He has a plan. He loves your life. He loves what he can do with your life. He loves the idea of you. He loves the idea of your marriage. He loves the idea of what your career could become for greater glory. Greater glory. For greater glory to the Father. He loves the idea of what he can look like through you. He loves that idea. And he wants the very best. He is never going to take something good away from you to give you something less. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. He is never going to take something away from you that you think is good only to give you something less. Because that's how your teachers taught you. That's how your, inst your, your instruction and your education system worked. It was a work of reward. And as you worked in your reward, as you, uh, if you worked hard, if you, this, you deserve this or you don't deserve this. You deserve this or you don't deserve this. So when you come to God in prayer, you are in your mind grading yourself as to what you deserve and what you don't deserve. That's terrible. Don't do that. Don't do that. That is, that is an insult to the love of God. God's love for you covers everything you deserve and everything you don't deserve and God he opens the windows of heaven and he gives when he gives you know he gave your spouse knows he gave everybody around you will know he gave you they will know that you had his, his hand on your shoulder they will know it when you have an idea, a solution, a dream, God has a bigger dream for you. You've got to believe that when God shuts a door, stop, calm down, zip, zip, just, just zip. Don't say anything and just wait and say, Lord, how are you going to blow my mind on this? I dare you. This is called Daring Faith Campaign. I dare you. I dare you to think like that. I dare you to, faith, uh, to have faith like that. Because God is more interested in changing your character than he is in answering your prayer. Because your character is what you are going to take to heaven with you. Because your character is really who you are and not what you do. God is interested in your character. You've got to understand that the way God thinks is different to the way I think. God thinks differently, I think differently. So I'm not, no, you're not listening. I'm not necessarily going to understand the way God thinks. Do you get that? Do you get that? Can you come to terms with the fact that God is thinking and I am thinking. God has a plan and I am a plan. And I'm not necessarily going to understand his plan. And when you say, God, explain your plan to me so that I can assess whether it is a better plan than mine. And in that case, then I will trust you. Then I will surrender. Then I will come by and I will align myself to your plan. That's not trust. That's negotiation. And God doesn't negotiate. God doesn't owe you anything. God doesn't have to explain himself to you. God doesn't have to even appear to you. God owes you nothing. And if you don't believe in him, nothing changes only for you. And if you don't believe in him, here's the good news. One day you're going to stand in front of him and you get to explain to him why you didn't believe in him. That's just a plug for the atheists. So I look at God's plan and I need to come to terms with it. I need to have a perspective and my perspective needs to be that of a child. A child doesn't understand what the father is thinking. A child doesn't understand what the parents are thinking. But a child trusts because it's, the, the ba it's based on love and not comprehension. 
It's based on love and not comprehension. Hey, that's your, so I just, I should just accept whatever God gives you me. I should just, that's a, that's kind of like just, you know, a very sort of a, you know, I don't like that idea. Well, if you don't like it, that's too bad. But God is a father. God is in control. God is sovereign. God doesn't play games. God doesn't owe you nothing. And when he gives you a plan, he gives you a promise. He wants trust. He wants trust. And when you give him trust, you are bop. You are on top. You are in control. You are, you are flying. And you've got to get to that point where you actually experience God's promises coming through for you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are high above the earth, what is the difference between the heavens and the earth? Measure the distance. That's how different it is. That's how high and divided and distant it is. God's ways are higher than our ways. His wisdom is unsearchable. Point number one, first thing, 101, I don't get you God. I don't understand you and I'm okay with that. You're not God. I'm okay with that. 1 Peter 1 says, There is a wonderful joy ahead of, even though it is necessary for you to endure many, things, many trials, and, uh, while at this time you have to go through it. These troubles test your faith to show what is strong and pure. Just as fire tests and purifies gold, your faith is far precious than gold, far more precious than gold. Some of you are going through the fire right now. Some of you are going through a really difficult time right now. Either it's emotional or it's financial or you've just been, you know, you've been moved, you've been changed. Something is radically altered in your life and it sucks. God wants to walk you through this. Waiting is always a test. It always tests your character. Write down number four. Remember I'm in good company. There's many people who have waited on God. Hannah waited on God. People who lived in the past, they became famous because of their faith. Think about Joseph. Think about Moses, 40 years. Abraham, 100 years. Noah had to wait 120 years. My goodness. After waiting patiently, Abraham received what he had promised. <laughs> they received eventually what they had promised. So, there is a time delay between planting and harvesting. There is a spiritual battle going on. There's a preparing me for a better answer. There's God preparing me for a greater blessing. And there's good company I have all around me. There are other people going through what I'm going through. So write down the last one. Remember, God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. So his promises are in his word. So listen to me. Look at me. You need to read his promises. You need to remember his promises. And you need to Go ahead, finish. You finish writing. You need to read his promises regularly. You need to remember his promises. And you need to trust his promises. You need to trust it. Like, you know how you say to your friends or your loved ones or your parents, but you said no. But you said, I, you told me. Who told you to told? You told me. And you, you, you hold people to their word. My, my friend, I hold God to his word. Oh, but you don't know what he said. If you don't know what he said, how are you going to hold him to his word? God, speak to me. Here's a Bible. Read, remember, and then trust his word. So what do you do in the waiting room? When you're waiting, what do you do? So these are the things to remember. But what do you do while you're waiting? I'll tell you what you don't do. I'll tell you what you don't focus on. You don't focus on, on the fact that you don't have the money, or you don't have the talent, or you don't have the connections, or you don't have the opportunity. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what God has 
for you. One of the ways you focus on God and what he has for you is by trusting what he has told you. I'm almost done. Cheer up. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, God says, At the time I have decided, my words will come true. Just, just dwell on that. If that's the only verse you take home today, just, just dwell on that. God says, at the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. It will happen. So here's an acrostic, wait, W-A-I-T. Wait, one is write it down. Write what God is doing in your life. Journal your journey with Jesus. He told Moses to journal. He, he told him at the Lord's direction. He says Moses kept a written record of their progress. 40 years he kept a journal of how God led them through the wilderness. Deuteronomy. Remember what you have learned about the Lord through your experience with him. Remember. Write it down. That's the best way to remember. Maybe you're not a writer. Maybe you're more of an audio taker. You know like a dictation. You do that. Do whatever you have to. Psalm 119 verse 33 is such a beautiful prayer to pray when you're in the waiting room. God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Lord, teach me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. Number one is write it down. Wait. W. A is act. Act like you've already received it. For God calls things that are not as though they were. This is the most amazing verse in the Bible. This is the most amazing verse in the Bible. I'm going to teach you a Greek word today. Two words actually. One word you already know. It's called X. E-X. X is out of. In Greek, X is out of. And nihilo, N-I-H-I-L-O, is nothing. Out of nothing. God created the worlds out of nothing. God calls into existence something that never was. So you are never, ever out of solutions. Are you listening to me? You are never ever out of your solutions. There is no marriage that cannot be mended. There is no situation that cannot be fixed. There is no debt that cannot be paid off. There is no offense that cannot be forgiven. There is no situation you'll be like, ah, this is it. I can't take it anymore. The moment and the time at which you say, I can't take it anymore, is the moment in time God needs to pick you up. And that's the moment faith will meet truth. Faith will meet truth. You need to prepare your faith for that moment. God meets you at the end of your tether. He meets you at the end of your rope. God calls into existence. Gideon wasn't a smart man. He wasn't a powerful man. But God called him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon looked back and like, me? Because God calls you before he makes you. God called Peter a rock, but his previous name meant sand. And Peter was like, who, me? Yeah, you. Because God calls you. I'm standing in front of you and I'm the least qualified person who should be talking to you. All of you are more intelligent and probably more qualified. All of you are sharper and better in your skills and in your, in your studies. All of you, there's, there's no good reason why I should be standing here talking to you. 
but years and years ago god made decisions god made moves in my life god made disappointments turn into there was a time when i was i was uh, uh i was 19 years old and there was an opportunity to go to england and live there forever and there was an opportunity to serve with a particular organization called care force and i was being called me and another person got got picked two people in the whole country got picked for this particular program for training into leadership in that organization and i said no because i had a ministry that was going and there was a youth group that i was leading and there were five people in that youth group five people and i said what will happen to those five people if i leave what will happen to those five people then i said is it possible to go next year and and that that plan fell through that plan fell through I wanted to go into sound engineering and music and production and I wanted to be an artist and I wanted to make albums and I and I got into a an organization I got into a like a like a studio slash whatever in the United States back in 1990 don't know what it was back in 1989 and then it fell through it was a disappointment it was a disappointment it was a disappointment many years and through the years I have seen God pull the rug out from under my feet I did not know but when I came to that point God opened the door when I came to that point and stuck around I saw that God's plans were much better than my plans I don't I don't deserve to be here talking to you but God puts me here because he called out of me something that wasn't God does for that for you as well The last thing you do is you imitate the habits that grow strong faith We do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. We don't want you to people who are lazy and never get God's promises ever fulfilled. We don't want you to be people who never saw God come through because you didn't stick around long enough. That's what Peter is saying here. He's saying I want you to be strong. I want you to be patient. In Philippians Paul says to the Philippian churches keep on come on man keep on putting into practice all you have learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing don't give up don't give in waiting is not inactivity it is not idleness it is not laziness don't put on hold don't put anything on hold don't put life on hold don't put your attitude on hold don't put your fun things on hold your dreams on hold simply because one thing is not happening until i get her nothing i'm not even going to be happy until i get that situation i'm not going to be happy i'm not going to serve i'm not going to be available to anybody come on wake up come on keep on doing what is right keep on praying matthew 7 7 keep on serving romans 12 11 keep on going to small group stay in a small group keep praying keep talking keep studying with your small group keep on sowing don't give up sowing Keep on believing 2 Timothy 3:14 you must keep on believing the things you have been taught don't give up on what you, there's things to do when you're in the waiting room not just read magazines last on the wait w a i t last on the wait is trust god instead of panicking trust god instead of panicking galatians 6:9 says so let us not get tired of doing what is right after for after a while at the right time circle right time we will reap a harvest of blessing you see that in scripture over and over again wait trust hang on hang on because half of life is hanging on that's real life modern life gives you what you want immediately and then makes you makes you worse off for it but god says wait it'll come in good time god says wait even god himself had to wait to send his son 
So I'm going to end with this beautiful verse. Psalm 56 verse 3. Psalm 56 verse 3. Even when I'm afraid, I will keep trusting you. Even when I'm afraid, I will keep trusting you. Where are you at right now? What do you, what do you need to adjust in your life, in your faith, in your belief? What do you, where are you right now? What do you think God is? What is your perspective of God? What is your perspective of your situation right now in the light of what you have heard? Somebody sent me a very encouraging hymn last night. And these hymns, the words, my gosh, they're the best. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiply, multiplied trials, he multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving has only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed thy provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm, everlasting availing. The Father, both thee and thy Lord, will upbear. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary, none known to man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and give it again. Bow your head. You're in the presence of the Most High God. You're in the presence of a, of a God who loves you and knows exactly what you're feeling right now. And even if you're disconnected from Him right now, even if you don't, don't care, even if nothing of, of all of this is touching your heart, He's still 100% into you. He's all yours. All for the asking. There is worship and we do that really well. But my brother and sister, there is waiting and I want you to do that really well. Be better at waiting than you are at worship. And when the God who keeps his promises comes through for you, your worship will be insane. Thank you, Father, for what you have taught us today. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson, and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below, but let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.